Hi everyone and welcome to episode 18 of the Judo Talk podcast. Judo Talk, talk, 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 judo talk, talk. So welcome everybody, here we are, episode 8, what did I say it was at the beginning? Episode 18, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> short-term memory there uh yeah fast approaching episode 20 next week we've got uh, a really good guest i'll tell you more about my guest at the end of this podcast uh this one actually is a really good one too um i guess i want to start by thanking gerard uh for last week's episode that was a really weird one actually i got a few different uh people messaging after and it, there was some contrast in it actually and one person who actually called me up and asked me, you know, about Gerard and Nest. And if you've not heard that one, go back, please listen to it. And it's a well-established club, really, really interesting. I've known the coach for many, many, well, since I was a little per, little, little lad doing judo, really nice guy. And it was really interesting to hear him talk about the reasons why he was considering it. And, you know, and one of the overarching themes on it was the fact that he wanted to create some stability around setting up, uh, ensuring the club's got longevity, basically, being able to employ uh, a coach um, as they move on and things like that. And I found it really, really interesting and, yeah, really good to hear. And then I also got another uh, email, and I'm really cautious. Like, I don't ever want to say anybody's names or, you know, I don't want to have a pop at anybody. That's definitely not the nature. But the email was talking about how they had spoken to their club and how they were instantly like, no chance, that's never going to happen. Six P's really expensive on the pound. And I guess it really comes down to what what do you really value? And we could have talked about it in the podcast. We could have listed all the services that happened. But one simple example is like, how good is your website at converting prospects into actually people in the mat? So that means like for everybody who searches your website, how how many come through and and actually become a member of your judo club? If that 6P turned it, say you had 100 people look at your website and you had 10 people uh, come through and actually join your club, what would you do if it was 50 people instead? Is it then and it's money you know and all the other options i just think about that and i guess as well like if you're talking about scale if you're talking about i don't know 50 kids in your club maybe 6p on the pound is quite quite a lot but if you're talking about being able to to have 500 children at your club and that you were given the methods and the ability to be able to 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 deal with that amount of people, then it's a different story. Now, I also had people saying, well, we don't, we just don't have the club size to expand with volunteers, which I totally get. But there's gonna be people out there who are looking to take the next step. And I do, for those who are wanting to, to move their club on and turn it, not professional as in, um, you know, like football stands, but if they want to, to improve their club or be able to offer more services to their members, then I really hope that, that that's of use to you. So moving on, let's let's get into this podcast. I really enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I think you guys will as well. It's funny after after I finished an interview, generally there's always a thought on on my path that oh I could have asked this, I could have done a better job with this, and it, it's one of those funny things. And my guest today actually come back to me and said oh I could have said this, I could have said that, and you know I just think well we can always jump back on and. But yeah, let's let's get into this one. As I said, I really enjoyed it. I'm sure you guys will. At the end, um, I'll come back with, uh, I'll explain who my guest is next week and a couple of questions that we're going to answer. So I'll speak to you guys then. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Judo Talk. And today I've got a special guest, Mr. Simon Twig. Say hello, Simon. Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> right, thanks, mate. Now, Simon, I did just before we come online. I did ask you what do you want to be called, and you said Simon, like a real adult. But actually, you are known as Twiggy, aren't you? I am definitely known as Twiggy. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you're actually the first guest that I've spoken to that's actually in a professional office, like a real. <laughs> you've taken time out of your work day to speak to me, haven't you? 
I'm currently sitting in my Oregon office, yes, and uh, um, and I've booked an hour out to have a chat, yeah. So do you forfeit lunch now? Is that it? You don't get a lunchtime? I, I'm very lucky that I work in a very kind of agile working environment, so uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, not a problem. <laughs> Good, right. <laughs> now, I, I guess we're... I'd really like to start at the beginning because your your story, I think, is really interesting. I think lots of people um, would relate to this story as well. So I'd just like to start with how you got into judo at the beginning. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably not dissimilar to most people, to be honest with you, Vince. I mean, I was, about, I was about eight years old. I was a scrawny, scribbly little kid and had no idea about judo and anything. But one of my mates started going down to a local club um, and he invited me along. Uh, my parents thought it'd be a good idea. Um, I went down there one Tuesday night and it all started there, really. Um, and I guess probably for a few years, I was that kind of once a week judoku, went to my local club, started exploring the sport and just enjoyed it. Um, and where was your local club? What was your right, so uh, this is blast from the past. It was a club in um, Yately called Soroka Judo Club. Um, and it was, I think originally it may have even been an AJA club. Um, which yeah. is the BJA in latter days. But a um, bit of backstory, your mate Tony Baxter, I think was probably on my first ever judo session. He used to be... Yeah, I've definitely heard of that name because um, as soon as you said that, I remember Tony talking about that, actually. Yeah, it was a, it was this Hungarian guy called Martin Soroka and he had um, a network of local clubs. He had one in Gately, I think he had one in Fleet. Um, he, uh, he, he had a couple. Um, and it was, you know, it was a really good introduction to judo. So he, he kind of you know, used to get the grading going. He'd have the interclub events between his little sessions. It was just good fun. Um, didn't know what I was doing. Idea about, you know, com the competitive judo sort of arena that was out there. But it was just, you know, it was just one of many other sports that I did during the week. You know, I, I was a bit of a sport billy, played rugby, did gymnastics, played soccer, all of those good things. And judo was just one of those things that you did on one of those nights of the week. Uh, I'm going to have to pull you up a second. Did you just say soccer? Did I just did I? I don't have no idea what I've just said. Vincent. Right. If oh. right, if anybody's listened to this soccer. and they heard him say soccer, please, please message me. And I will I will give him some abuse when I when I see it. Right. Did you I can't believe you just said that and I'm keeping it in. I've got no idea. Keep it in. If I did, I'll shoot myself. There you go. <laughs> right, anyway, let's get back on so task. Right, so yeah, so you got started, and, and what was your, so you said you started at eight, when did you, did you, you moved on from Soroka Judo Club, I guess? Yeah, I did, um, I mean, I was, I was thinking about this last night, sort of about, you know, how it all kind of happened, and it was all by default, really, so back in the day, there was a, I mean, we're lucky enough, you know where I live, I, I actually live in Camberley, but um, back in the day, there was a massive club structure, um, there was Soroka Judo Club, there was a, a, a club literally down the road called Osaka, which is still going, um, there was the Budokan in Frimley, um, and the, we used to do these sort of inter-club, um, there was a club league that was going on, you know, even at that kind of age, so probably at about 10 years old, we'd on a Wednesday night, we'd go off to these local clubs, and we'd do a, a little kind of club tournament, it was great fun, then we'd have a session, and then, you know, and, and it was brilliant. And um, I guess that's how I got introduced into kind of my evolution and my next stage really in judo. I went along to the Budokan in Frimley, which was a, a dedicated, it had a dedicated dojo, um, it had a gym area, it had its own changing facilities, and probably more importantly, it had a bar, so which all the parents <laughs> congregate. Um, and it was a really good setup. Um, and we went along there one night and we did one of these inter-club tournaments and um, I was probably about 11 at the time, I think. And um, I ended up fighting a, a young lad called Ian Freeman, um, who was, you know, a, it was a good few years. I think he was a couple of years younger than me. And we had a bit of a, you know, a fight. And I think we ended up in a draw and it was a bit of fun. And the parents got talking and um, my parents kind of, next thing I know, I was kind of going down to the Budokan, just doing a, a, some sessions down there. Um, and I guess that's where I started getting into the kind of understanding and going along to some of the competitions and things like that um, and starting to kind of forge my way down there. And it was, it was just brilliant fun. It was a really good club atmosphere. Um, the kids were brilliant. Um, the parents used to congregate in the bar. Um, became a massive kind of, I, I guess they were the, I guess they used to organise loads of activities. And it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant place to just go and 
have fun as a kind of young young man leading into my teens. Um, great club structure. Um, and it's probably where I started doing what I would call proper judo. Yeah. And did you stay there when you when you were doing judo or did you progress on? Or? Yeah, I, I, uh, I did. I stayed there. So all, all throughout a you know, junior judo career, as it were, um, I did all of my kind of competitive judo there up till about the age of probably about that 15 when you start maturing. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say it was it was very much a, a junior judo club and that's where the successes would be. Um, and it was at that point in time that somehow I, I, I got introduced to Cambly Judo Club, actually, around that transition. Um, and I was probably, you know, I was probably one of the older members of the junior squad down there. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I got... I, I, I got with Mark. He was he was training me. You know, he was still an international athlete at the time, and he got this little club down at Camley Judo Club, and uh, I, I started going along there. Um, I think at a similar time that me and Ian actually used to go off to um, Fairholme Judo Club as well, which Roy Inman used to run. Right. So probably from about the age of fourteen to sixteen, me and Ian used to start travelling to other clubs. Um, so on a Tuesday night, we'd go down to Fairholme Judo Club. Um, we had all these full-time ladies down there back in the day. Um, and we'd go down there and we'd do the junior session on a Tuesday evening. And then we'd go on and do the, the senior session with, with all of the girls, you know, Karen Briggs and, and, and the likes, um, who were all training down there. And we were of a similar, similar age or weight category, not age, we were similar weight category. So we were probably good cannon fodder for them at the time. Um, mm, I bet they loved that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I think they loved it. Um, and I think Roy, he was a bit of a pioneer, actually. I'm going off track here in question. He was, a, he was obviously That's a right. pioneer in, in ladies' judo, wasn't he? And um, at some point, and I can't remember when, but he, he actually started in, inviting me and Ian along to the um, to Chris, Crystal Palace to the kind of the ladies' GB squad sessions for the weekend. Um, and that was probably before, you know, going to Cambly Judo Club, actually. That was probably my first kind of, um, I guess, kind of insight into, you know, I guess you know, um, senior competitive judo and seeing how hard those, those, those girls and ladies were training was just phenomenal. Um, mm. um, it, was, it, was, it was fantastic. And we go along for a weekend, get a bit of a battering, learn a few things um, and then crack on. Um, it was brilliant. It was good for, I think it was probably good for them. Um, and it was, it was brilliant for us. It was really good for us. Yeah, I think that's overlooked actually with um, lightweight, women's judo because it's difficult for heavyweight men and women really to find or more so than men to find strong enough opponents but with lightweight women they can definitely get away with battering the little lads around the room can't they yeah they can and they did i mean you know i, I not so much ian i think he, you know he was always a strong excellent judoka i was yeah i was definitely cannon fodder but it was brilliant um yeah and they, they were a really good team and they welcomed us there was, I mean, I'm just trying to think of the names. There was Karen Briggs, there was Anne Hughes, Diane Bell, Sharon Mendel, you know, all kind of legends, I guess, in our sport. Mm. But yeah, we used to rock up and uh, just get on get on the mat with them. And it was brilliant. And what age did you continue judo up till? About on and off. I think I probably stopped competitively about 22. Um, but then kind of, it kind of slowly fizzled out to about the age of about 25 Vince. Uh, oh really? It's like, I didn't realise you went for as long as that. And were, yeah. were, was you just uh, were you working around that, or were you actually training full time? Yeah, I mean, I so I guess between the ages of sixteen and twenty, I I was at college. So yeah, I was pretty much <laughs> wasn't doing a lot of college to be honest with you. Um, Tending to work. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was brilliant. So uh, um, and it's all kind of started with the early days of the, the Cambly setup and, and the likes but so I was, I was I was we were training really hard I, I was never full-time Vince um, but we used to train we, we used to train every day um, and we, we basically had a circuit that we used to go on Mondays was was Cambly Judo Club Tuesdays we used to go to Fairholme Wednesdays we'd go to Wickham Thursdays was Cambly uh, Randoy and then Fridays was probably Cambly Technical and then Saturdays we'd either have tournaments or you know maybe go to Coventry with Neil Adams set up. So it was a right laugh. You know we used to have the Cambly mini bus and we used to play two round and we'd put the petrol in and off we went. It was a really good atmosphere. And what level did you get up to competing? Um, I 
so I, I got on the junior squad. So I was in the, um, I, I, I didn't get any national medals as a junior. I think my, my first national medal was at 17 years old. Um, coincidentally, that kind of trend, that, that happened when we actually used to start training a lot harder. So when I started going down to Camby Judo, Strange, quite though, quietly, First yeah, um, I mean, you know, just just a different level in terms of training, to be honest with you. So yeah, amazingly, put the effort in and managed to get a, a national medal at seventeen. Um, and then I, I think I was fairly consecutively on the under twenty one squad, but I was I was always kind of number number three. I was always that kind of bronze medal guy, to be to be blunt. Um, and we had a you know we had a strong pool of players. So I was a six I was a sixty kilo player, believe it or not, Vince. Um, wow. And in my early years. I, Struggled to get to 60 kilos. Yeah, wow. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look, I can't talk. I can't talk. <laughs> and we had, we had, we had a really, you know, there was a, there was a good weight category. You know, Nigel Donner, he was the most dominant guy there. There's no doubt about it. But you know, coming through the weight, never heard of him. Never, no. Likewise. <laughs> um, but there was, yeah, there's people like Julian. Davis was in the 60s for a while. There's a really strong guy called John Newton. It was a, a, a proper character from up north. He was a brilliant judo player, but didn't transition into seniors, really. Um, there's people like Jamie Johnson. You know, there's there some really good guys in that way. I guess we were used to mix it up at that age. Um, and it was good fun. Um, and then transitioned, did a bit of senior, got on the squad. But I was never I was never destined to be an Olympic champion. Vince, there's no doubt about that. But I was, you know... I put in a bit of training, put a bit of effort in and uh, just enjoyed it really. And um, what was the, was it the fact that you just thought I'm most probably not going to be an Olympic champion so I'll transition off into work? Did you sort of have a clean break and just go to work or did you keep up a bit of judo? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I can't recall exactly, but I think it was a slow phasing out if I'm honest with you, Vin. So uh, mm. I think... Probably about 21, 22. I guess that decision's got to be made, doesn't it? it was when I left college, actually, you kind of go, right, what am I going to do now? Um, there's an opportunity to try and, you know, make something of this and go full time. I mean, I guess that was the number one option. Or, you know, there's the option to kind of just do judo socially and enjoy it. Or there's the kind of in-between. And I, I kind of took the in-between road for a period of time just to try and fathom it out. Um, which is probably my biggest regret, if I'm honest with you. I, I haven't got any regrets, actually. But if there was a regret, mm. I'd have gone, right, you know, I was too conscientious for you. So I was worried about that next stage, that career path, and was trying to keep a balance between doing the judo, but also thinking about, you know, where I want to go in life with a job and career and things like that. As opposed to a lot of the other young lads who, I've, you know, were, just had that little bit extra. They were totally committed to whatever it takes attitude. So, you know. Ian Freeman, Danny Kingston, Julian Davis, they just went, no, I'm in, I'm all in it. Mm. I didn't have that in me. Um, and they did, and you know, they became successful. Um, and I, I realised I was not going to be Olympic champion. I realised I probably hadn't got that mindset that they had. They were a little bit different. I was wired a little bit differently. So I kind of, I, I think I kind of had this interim period where I kind of went, you know what, I'll still keep doing judo. I'll still do the kind of national events but I've got to start thinking about my career and the job. And I think I, I, I kind of went along that path for a couple of years. Um, mm. And at some point along that path, I probably just gave it a rest for six months or so. Um, but then I actually, my second job I got, I got, um, and this is the interesting bit that probably not many people know. I, I got back into judo again, probably at about 23. Um, by default, I actually got an appointment to be a judo development officer for the southern area. Uh, All right. And they they got a bit of sports council funding. Um, so this is very early 90s, I guess. Um, and they they employed a, a sports development officer for the region and they, they produced this development plan. And I was lucky enough to get that kind of appointment, which was a three-year kind of sports council funded appointment. And that got me back into judo, visiting the clubs, trying to create some school club links and all of that good stuff. And, you know, it just felt right if I was going to be, you know, doing that kind of thing that I, I kind of got back on the mat again. Um, and so that kind of got me back in for another couple of years. Um, sadly, that post ceased once they, the funding expired and uh, I went out into the real world of commerce and built a career, coincided with me getting married and, and having my first child. And I think it was at that point I kind of just, I broke all ties from judo, actually. So it was about 25, I think. And do you just think it's too hard to have 
a social involvement with judo when you've been that committed to it like because obviously I definitely know how hard it is once you've got little kids once you've got a wife once you need to you know pay for your mortgage and stuff to be involved in something as a hobby but what did you just feel like were you doing other hobbies or did you just feel like because of your involvement with judo before you couldn't keep that involvement yeah I mean I do remember at some point going this is all or nothing you know you you either hard and you're trying to be the best you can be at it or don't do it. And I definitely had that mindset a period of time, definitely. Um, which is, is crazy, you know, knowing what I know now and what I'm doing now in my last years, kind of doing a bit of judo, um, you know, it's, just the, it's the wrong and honest, it's the wrong opinion. And if anybody's at that kind of stage in their career right now, I'd be just kind of going, no, just stick at it. Just, you know, you'll get something out of going down your club once, twice a week, even if it's just a, an element of fitness and just keeping that kind of banter going with the mates that you've been training really hard with. Um, yeah, I just, I, I definitely remember feeling that, no, nah, it's all or nothing. Um, and, and to be honest with you, it coincided with other elements in my life as well. You know, I've fallen in love, I've got married, I've got my first child and mm. things became the priority. Yeah. And is it, cause this is one thing I've really been thinking about, um, especially with my club as well is how, why do people not stay involved in judo the same way as they might stay involved with their rugby club or their football club or their hockey club why is there what is it because judo is so hard that people feel like they can't just dip in out and turn up for that social element or have we moved away from it because even brazilian jiu-jitsu is extremely popular now and i wonder whether it's just the fact that there is that community element where they just feel like they like turning up having a bit of a chat a little bit of a sweat you know what is it do you think well i think you just hit the nail on the head i mean i think there's absolutely a market for it um but at the time in my judo career you know my my, my club and didn't didn't cater for that market it didn't it was mm. a competitive judo club um and and to be honest with you i didn't fancy just going on the mat and just doing a bit of social judo i just that wasn't for me it didn't turn me off um and it was that, very simply they were the reasons but I, you know i i I very fit. Well, I do. I just know there's a market now um, for for that kind of interim kind of, of level of enjoyment. Um, and yeah. you know, our club Wednesday night juniors is you know is a perfect example of that. He's a right mixed bunch mm. on that mat, and it's brilliant. It's a great class actually because I think I've got a very similar mentality as you when it comes to you because when I stopped competing uh, internationally full time. There was many people that said to me, are you going to do like master's judo? And I categorically no chance that I'll do master's judo. Just for me, it was a point where I had a go at being really good and I wasn't really good. And that's enough for me. Like, but obviously it's my job. So I'm still involved in it. And I just wonder whether, you know, whether there is, whether there's just more options needed, like the ability to do a little bit of coaching or helping with the juniors or, you know, being the social secretary, you know, like just silly stuff yeah, like that, just to yeah. keep that participation. I, I think all of those things are really important to keep keep people retained in our sport in some capacity, even if they're not actually actively kind of doing judo as such. I think they're really important factors. Honestly, though, I think I got to that point in my life where I just kind of lost interest and lost the love for it for a period of time. Um, mm. t- to the point where, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even watch judo anymore, you know, and the big events, the Olympics and the world championships. I, I just kind of switched off from it. It was like a, it was almost like that was another part of my life. Box it up, move on, focus on your career, focus on your, on your family, um, which is totally wrong, <laughs> but that's where I was. Um, mm. And it's weird because I've, I've spoken to so many people like you have said that as well. And the one underlying thing that I always find from speaking to them is they have a level of regret from doing that, but also the benefits of the judo that they had done all those years actually helped them so much in their career. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, you know, I mean, it's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Like those, those, and it's all subconscious things. So it's great back 20 years ago, but all of those skills that I learned, you know, through whatever you want to call it, doing judo, um, they're all transitional to, you know, to the commercial world. And there's no doubt about it. All of those skills subconsciously helped me, you know, in, in terms of my career path, in terms of, you know, the focus, the dedication, just the work ethic. Um, they're massive factors. Um, they're absolutely massive factors. Um, and, and you know, I'm, 
I relate any success I've had in, in industry and business and just life actually to to those early years, those formative years, you know. And I, I'm I'm really passionate about that. I I, I strongly believe that. Um, and there's probably a period in my life where I kind of, as I say, put all of that aside and kind of blanked that. But my kind of reintroduction of judo has just kind of re-emphasized all of those things. Mm. As, and um, yeah, I mean, anybody who's in that sort of position at the moment, you know, they're really important skills. I mean, I've heard people say before, you know, if you put as much effort into your career as you do into how you use the train, you know, you'll go far. And it's as simple as that. It's just a work ethic. Well, it's funny because obviously a lot of the work that I've done is with sort of 15, 16, 17 year olds and there's so much pressure on them to decide what they want to do. You know, are you going to go to university? Are you going to be a lot and all these things? And I always remember saying like, it's difficult because some you know are going to go to university and some just really don't know. And I always think with training in judo and full time, even though you're not going in and getting uh, education like a university, I think the skills that you gain, the dedication, the hard work, the resilience, the perseverance, like all these things, like when you eventually get to an employer or you set up your own business and they say to you, well, what have you done? You go, well, I've traveled the world. I've fought a million people. Like I've done all these things. I've worked really hard. I've I've got all this discipline and that makes you stand out from somebody else. You know, I'm not saying if you want to be a lawyer, go do that. <laughs> like, you know, there are there are limits, but uh, do you know what? I I, I think you you bang on, Vince. Um, and I guess the best example. I mean, I've had a few chats with Danny about this, and and um, you know, I I'm along on the mat with the guys on the Tuesday and Thursday, and I, and I see them, and I, I see some of the initiatives they're coming up with. And I guess lockdown has been a great example, actually. You know, yourself with the online platform, the podcast that we're talking on now. Um, you know, all of these things, the online fitness sessions that guys have been doing. Yeah, you know, they, these guys are kind of it's, it's quite it's entrepreneurial, to be honest with you. It really is, um, and I, I, it's so positive to see. Uh, I mean, I, a I think it's great for our sport, but b I you know. They're all skills and a mindset that you've all got from your judo background. That's where they come from. You know, I mean, without bigging you up, you know, you lockdown, you know, you're, you know, you just made a, made the best of a bad situation, didn't you? With your online platform for your club, um, mm. casts, you know, they're, they're really positive attributes in people. Um, well, it, de- it definitely the skill side we all I think in judo we focus too much on the fact that we just fight each other yeah we don't focus on every other element that actually makes up good judo players yeah you know and I don't believe for one second you can be a dedicated athlete and it doesn't I don't even mean like Olympic athlete I mean somebody who's going to get up every day live in poverty because you're not earning you're (laughs) not you know and and have that discipline to do it for a reason you know, and that gives you that. So, and there's so much to be said for that. The amount of people who go, I will just get a job for the sake of getting a job and they hate their nine to five, you know, yeah. for a period of time, you're going to live a very good life. You're going to be in really good shape and those skills aren't lost. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the other thing I'd add to that is as well, and, and I guess going back to my kind of analogy, I kind of felt it was an either war. And, and I guess looking back on life now, you know, you don't have to make that decision. It's not, it's not that, you know, time is on your side. Um, mm. And, you know, five years is nothing in life, you know, and, and I probably made that decision probably in hindsight, a bit too rashly. I think it was actually, for me, it was the right decision. Cause as I say, I, I kind of had this mindset that, well, I'm probably not good enough to be a, you know, an Olympic medalist or whatever it may be. Um, and so I actually don't regret my decision at all. But if if people are better at the than I was, and they're in that kind of transitional period, and they're really thinking it through, I I'd be going, don't rush it. You know, don't make that decision to give it up just because of time. Give it more time, actually, because you can you can build your career path. You're building these skills that we've just been talking about all the way through while you're training and, and, and doing it. So I, I I'd actually encourage people to carry on and fulfil your dreams. Um, no, I, I think, think daughter. Yeah, I think um, I was at a point. So for some reason, I had at the age of like seventeen, I just had this belief I could do anything. For no, I had no evidence, no evidence whatsoever. I had a couple of GCSEs and yeah. nothing. And then I remember leaving home at seventeen, and like people were like, "Are you really sure you want to do this?" And I was like, "Well, 
even if I mess up for the next 23 years of my life, I'll still only be 40 and I can go yeah. and do something else. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. thought if I could end up all equal with the world, if I could finish with zero on the bank balance, that's a lot better than most people. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're doing something you've loved and, you, you know, it's something you can kind of relate back to your family and your friends. And, you know, it's, it's a character, isn't it? You're building, but, you, you know, it's, it's, falling, it's instilled in you that you can relate onto your you know, your kids and your siblings. But um, do you know what? I think probably the best example of all of that, Vince, is probably John Buchanan, if I'm honest with you. You know, mm. he kept going and going and going, didn't he? Um, you know, and we all know John as the world medalist, but the, the effort that went into that is, you know, it's probably 15, 15 years. Yeah. And just keep going at it. Uh, that is a hard mindset as well especially at that weight category where everybody at that especially at that period would be like you need to be younger to win a medal at under yeah, 60s yeah so yeah yeah i mean I, you know i admire, I admire the, the guys down there at the moment his third olympics you know danny you know everything he's done with the sport i, I just think they've got a really good mindset and uh subconsciously that drives me on as well in my in my, in my, in my latter years i see their work effort they put into it and it it kind of reminds me actually of what i need to be doing not in judo <laughs> just in yeah you know? yeah <laughs> So how long how long did you have off of the sport? When so you stopped twenty four was it twenty five something like that? How yeah. long did you actually have off the mat? Well, uh, let, let's let's prove it. Just say for the sake of the conversation, it was I was about twenty five because it, it did mm. coincide with me getting married and having the first child. Um, I think I had the best part of eighteen years where I just didn't even talk about judo, do judo, watch judo, just totally disassociated myself from it. Totally, I had no interest at all. Wow. 18 years um, yeah so when when you come back was it almost like stepping into a new world again yeah yeah absolutely um I mean again I, I guess I got back into it in that cycle of life my son went to school one of his mates started doing judo and he said can I you know can I go down the local judo club um and I kind of jumped at that I'd never pushed him into wanting to do it and so he he, he tried he tried judo uh, at a local judo club again which is Osaka with Adrian Dove and Simon Dove, and he loved it. Um, and unfortunately, for health reasons, he, he couldn't pursue judo, but he, he, he enjoyed it while he did it. But as soon as I got drawn into that dojo again, I saw all these kids just having a whale of a time. I saw some old faces that I knew from, you know, way back. And I was just like, man, I want to do that again. Um, and it was as instant as that. As, as soon as I walked in the dojo and was watching those kids having so much fun. And it was a really weird situation. Um, and it was like, can I do that? That was that was the first question. Can I? Mm. Um, and and I, that's how I got back into judo. And do you remember the first session back? Yeah. yeah. What was that like? It was bonkers. Um, I, I mean, when I say can I do judo, it was it was as extreme as that. So I mean, I, I don't know if you're aware. I I kind of I was you know I kept myself reasonably fit when I wasn't you know doing judo and stuff like that, but I. I actually had quite a nasty rugby accident just before I was 40. Um, and I ended up, I, I, I fractured my C2, C3 vertebrae and about three or four other vertebrae down, lower down in my back. Wow. Yeah, I was in a pretty bad way for a period of time, to be honest with you. And I, I was just very lucky. I came out of that. I, I was very lucky that I could, I could stand up and walk. That's, that's the reality of it. I had a halo into my head and on my skull. I had best part six months where I was kind of just couldn't do much at all um and that was a bit of a life-changing moment to me really and, and 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 then when I my son started doing judo and I kind of was asking that question I was just looking at it, I was like can I do this it really was as literal as that can I can I put a kit on and you know can I get on there and get thrown you know break fall all of those things I just genuinely didn't know whether I'd be able to do it um and luckily I went on the mat and it was a kind of a I, I went to a soccer judo club with Adrian Dove I kind of said to him look explain that situation and said would you mind if I just came on one night um, and he said no you know come on and have some fun um, and it was brilliant and I, I just I just loved it I literally you know I can't explain it that, that moment you just grip up with somebody and you start twitching and it just kind of it was just amazing it just all came back and I loved it um, coordination was all out fitness was all out but there was something there that kind of went I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to give it a go again um, and, and that was probably about six years ago, Vince. Um, I went on the mat, bumbled around once a week and, and loved it. Um, 
but then we moved house and there was some other things going on in my life. So again, it probably had about another two years stopgap where I didn't really do much after that. Wow. Um, and then I kind of, at some point, which was probably about four, probably four, five years ago, I kind of got this kind of appetite to pop my head through the door at Cambly Judo Club. And uh, I kind of, you know, got myself half fit again and, um, and, and ventured onto the mat on a Tuesday night. And I remember that as my, mm. I, I, I absolutely remember going into the Cambly Judo Club and I was terrified. I'm a slightly overweight, middle-aged bloke. I go on the mat and I look, I look down the line and there's like 40, 40 people on there, you know, half of them are full-time athletes. And I'm thinking, what am I doing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but then the music switches on oh. it's like Pavlov's dog and you, you're off yeah, and you're off yeah but do you know what I'll tell you what settled me um, and I, I'll never forget this and this is another kind of I guess a good story for you know judo and what it, it breeds in people Danny Williams came up to me and he, he came up and he just shook my hand and said hey I'm Danny how you doing um, and said you know welcome to Camberley enjoy and, uh, and, and it was great. And I, and I did know Luke as well. And he came over recently mm. from, from many years ago. And I just, yeah, from that moment on, I just fell in love with it all again and, and the club and the people. And just, I guess, just been building myself up, you know, pre-lockdown. I just, I'm, I'm there whenever I can be. I just love it. Love it. And how, how much do you feel the actual sport of judo because the rules will be significantly different to when you obviously stopped doing judo to now how did you find that was it like literally you stepped in and gone well i don't remember this hmm. it was certainly you know I, to be honest with you i still don't understand the rules and all the changes and they seem to every five minutes don't they uh, so I, I actually don't worry about that too much um, I, I take it for what it is and you know I, I, I get a, a great amount of gratification from getting on that mat and crudely on a Tuesday and Thursday having a bit of a scrap um, you know, physical part of judo I love I, and, and that's the bit I get off of on, 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 on those randori sessions um, and then I get off on the kind of the, you know, the fitness that comes from that and all of those good things but you come off that mat and you're buzzing um, It's a difficult thing to explain i mean because all the kids are back doing judo and say with some of the older juniors like i have the conversation with them i said i i cannot describe it well enough and i think the only crude way i could describe it is like i guess it's like a drug uh, somebody who's addicted to something trying to come off and like this past year of covid not being able to throw somebody or strangle somebody or arm lock them or like sweat in their face like it's just a real horrible thing but I really miss it. Like, I love that side of it. I totally resonate with that. It's, you know, it's indescribable, isn't it? But there's something about it, that kind of, uh, uh, what's the word? It's, all, it's almost primal, I think. Um, and yeah, it's just an amazing feeling. I cannot wait. I'm missing that feeling so much. And I love it. It's funny. You see the you see the like the memes all the time on Facebook and that. And for anybody who doesn't do judo, they just can't understand like somebody's face being pressed in like somebody's belly in your face, yeah. like and you're like, oh Jesus, you're sweating in my eyeball. <laughs> and you know, that too it is horrible, but it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's mates. It's, it's just yeah, it's just yeah, it is it it is so painful at the time, isn't it? But then that <laughs> when it finishes and you go, oh, brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> It's like getting battered. You know, I get absolutely battered every Tuesday and every Thursday. But that's part of it. I love it. <laughs> I get up and it's brilliant. But you know what? I think that comes down to as well, like we were talking about those skills that transfer into the real world. Like you definitely look at people, and this is going to sound really horrible and people are going to start to understand my uh, my character a little bit. But you look at people and you think, well, you couldn't do that. You couldn't be thrown around. You couldn't stand on a mat and fight something. And I'm not going to say it gives you a superiority, but it does give, build your confidence, doesn't it? Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, going back to judo has built my confidence in, in everything in life. So, you know, it's kind of almost, it just gives you an energy and, a, as you say, a confidence about life. It's not about judo, it's about life. Um, and, 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 and me getting back on the mat has, has helped me with my career. There's no doubt about it. You know, I'm, you know, started doing judo again at 45, I'm 50 now. Um, you know, it's almost resurged my energy in my career as well by doing this. It's it kind of, the, the two go hand in hand. Um, you know, those energy levels you get from doing judo, the, the, I guess the seeing the results that you get from that, you know, 
your training, hard work, your commitment that you put into it, you know, you start recognising that, you know, being honest, you may have gone a bit lapse in your career at certain moments. And you kind of, it just re-energises you and all those things as well. Um, and it was no coincidence, my, my, you know, my career and, you know, my work have improved when I started doing judo again. It absolutely did. There's no doubt about it. So, obviously, getting back on the mat and training is one thing. What then made you decide to start competing again? that's a big step still <laughs> well it, it's competing it's putting it into context Vince. i think is the first thing you know this is you know, I'm competing doing masters you know but this is not it's important to me but it's this is not you know elite judo in my mind and that's my mindset about it um mm. competing again for me is simple it's, it's one good thing i need a goal um and if i've got a goal that's three or four or four months four, three or four months ahead something like that i'm very good at gearing myself around that goal and being the best I can be to try and achieve that goal. I, I, I've got that mindset in me. It's kind of, it's in there. If I don't have that goal, I'm terrible, you know? Um, so I need, I need a goal to get myself and drag myself on that mat at eight o'clock on a Tuesday and a Thursday when I've just got home from work at quarter past seven and I'm absolutely knackered. Um, mm. And you just don't feel like it. So that's the reason why I started doing competitive judo. It's that. And what is the scene like? So I've never, I've never been on the Masters circuit. Is it a good bunch of people? Do you get that community aspect that you get in your club? Like, what's that like? It's brilliant. Um, I mean, I'd still consider myself a newbie to that kind of scene, to be honest with you. But it's, um, I think there's a massive demand for it. I think it's, you know, I know people have different opinions of it, but it's, it's a really good laugh, Vince. Um, mm. I've, I've rekindled relationships, you know, from, you know, Jadokas from gone by. Um, I, I've got some really cool friendship groups that I've made out of it from kind of all, you know, when we've been on trips and that together. Um, and I've, I've actually got a little circle of close-knit mates now that we, you know, we go to the, you know, the, the National Veterans Tournament together. We'll, all the girls will have a meal afterwards. Um, we, we're going on trips abroad to, to France. We went to Grand Canary to the Europeans in 2019 before the last lockdown. Um, and we're actually organizing our trips as a little group, as a friendship group. And we all come from different clubs. Um, nice. Brilliant. Um, and do, is there much in the actual UK? Like, so you obviously you're doing your traveling to your tournaments, but like, would it be beneficial? Like, would you guys like it if there were like more, not just more events as in competitions, but just more opportunities to get together, do some judo, and, and go for a meal or, you know, do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what's span out, I mean, I, I think a lot of people probably do that themselves off their own back as a consequent, mm. you know, meeting these people again. And I, I know, I, um, you know, we've got set up for a couple of weeks' time to plan, you know, the World Veterans thing that we're going to go off to, hopefully, with lockdown in November. Um, that's as much, that's as important, that planning and getting everybody together as, as actually the tournament and the trip away. Um, in my mind, and I think I, I've got this feeling that probably these pockets of people that are going off and doing that anyway. So they're creating their own kind of circle of friends off the back of these events and, and, and things. Um, See, I think that is very badly publicized within the British judo veterans and like masters, because for me, you're going to get so many more people interested if they knew there was that side to it. And maybe it's just because I've not been involved in it at all, but. Uh, it's a whole new world for me, like under hearing you talk about that. And, you know, it, I think it's so, so important. And you're going to keep more people like yourselves involved if you have those options. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, I, I guess my experience in, in the veterans, you know, I, 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 I did the national tournament um, and that's really well attended, actually, or, or certainly has been in previous years. I don't know what it's going to be like after lockdown. But these, you know, these literally, you know, these hundreds of people doing veterans judo. Um, and and it's a laugh, you know. Everybody comes up and weighs up on the Friday night. They will probably have a few beers in the, you know, in the hotel, and then they'll compete on the Saturday. And it's brilliant. And as I say, <laughs> Make sure they hydrate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I love it. Um, and I'm sure these people out there who are taking it a lot more seriously than I am. Um, you know, I'm sure they are. But it's it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it's it's good fun, is how I describe it. And. You know, the fact that I've now got a friendship group away from, you know, away from the club itself of like-minded people 
to go off and go off to the Europeans and, and, and the worlds and whatever, and, and primarily have fun, you know, compete, be the best you can be, do all of that good thing, all those good things. But prime, the primary objective of all of that is to get your family out um, as a group of friends, go and have a great weekend. <laughs> that's, that's it, you know. Certainly. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the, you know, the result, of course, it's important. You want to, you know, you want to try and win, but actually in the big scheme of life, it's not really important at all, is it? do you feel like um you're as you've got older you've consciously changed the way you do judo or do you do judo exactly the same as you used to is there a big difference in the way you manage yourself um obviously with physical limitations i guess is that nice can you say that that's about right yeah there's no way i could do judo how i used to do judo (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that for start. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I reckon I've got three techniques, Matt. <laughs> um, How many did you have before? <laughs> three and a half, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's different from an agility perspective. But honestly, in my mindset, do I try and do judo differently? No, I don't. I just try and do judo. Uh, um, so I, I, I get when I get on that mat, I'm just, I'm just another person on that mat training hard. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I could probably be a bit more sensible about it, you know, conserving my, you know, my body and stuff like that. But I don't. I just go out there and I try and fight hard. Um, and I enjoy that. I think probably the big difference is if I'm knackered and I'm feeling it, I'll have a rest. Um, and if I do get a niggle or injury, I'm wise enough now to go, do you know what, call it a day there, Simon. Go and put some ice on it and go and have a rest. Go home and have a beer and, and put some ice on it and uh, come back next week. Um so do you think you're wise enough or you've learned that your wife's going to kick your backside if you come back with a broken leg? Uh, <laughs> I think if I had a serious injury, bearing in mind that, you know, what I talked about, that rugby injury 10 years ago and how my wife supported me, she literally did everything for me for, for months. I don't think I'd get a second chance, to be honest with you. <laughs> That'd be it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, you know, you're conscious of it, but... If it, you know, if you're training on a mat like Camberley, you, you can't be too conscious of it. You've just got to crack on, haven't you? And I always, this is, I always felt like beginners, not beginners, sorry, anybody who wasn't elite that stepped onto the Camberley mat actually were a lot safer because the level of judo that they were going up against was a lot higher. So actually yes. the throws were a lot cleaner that, you know, just generally I felt it was a safe environment where when I get on a mat with adult non-elite judo players, yeah. there isn't the skill level as much. I totally concur with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel, I, I want to, you probably feel safer on a, a Tuesday and a Thursday night on the round joy sessions than you do maybe on the Wednesday recreational class and you come up against a novice who's just very keen. Yeah. You've probably got as as much if not more chance of getting injured doing that definitely there's no doubt about it and there's a respect thing as well isn't there with uh you know with elite players and, and people who know what they're doing you know yes they're going to throw you but they're going to they're not trying to batter you into that map they'll throw you cleanly they'll support you um uh you know all of those factors yeah definitely how do you feel now we're hopefully getting to the end of COVID in the UK well not getting the end of COVID but we're getting to a point now where it feels like adults are going to get back to contact Mm. how how do you feel as a master's judo player you've been treated across this do you feel like you've unfairly been kept off the mat do you feel like you're you you just sort of accept it and you're ready to get back what's it like for you now I think it's better to say I'm frustrated now, but I, I think a moral duty to just comply, haven't we, with the laws and the, and, you know, the legalities of the world. Um, so I, I, I don't feel outdone. And I don't feel kind of, mm. you know, we've been diddled or anything. I think lucky enough to belong to a proactive club who have continued some online sessions. Uh, you know, we've been doing the fitness sessions on the recreation class on a Wednesday. And it just keeps your hand in, into the club, mm. not losing that, that interest. Um, I do think we're at a time now when, you know, the you know, people of my age, most of us are, are double jabbed. Um, we're all very compliant anyway, and we're coming out of this, that there could be an interim period now where at least we could be kind of just getting into a bubble and doing a bit of, just getting back into gripping up and doing a bit of, you know, nagikomi and, and stuff like that. I, I, I do think that would be a sensible transition um, as opposed to, you know, no contact, contact. I think there's a middle ground there now. That's my humble opinion. 
yeah, no contact, and then somebody's sweaty stomach in your face next. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think just from a, you know, going back to your comment about, you know, do you train differently? I think, you know, I would definitely be mindful of, of injuries, you know, coming out of a, a year and a, what is a year and a half of lockdown. You know, these, you'd be mad just to crack on and just think you can carry on as you were a year and a half ago. And there's got to be a bit of a transitional period there, definitely. Well, even with the juniors, once there was contact, I was very cautious in my approach to getting back to round Durix. I was very conscious of the fact that they would have been very inactive. They would have grown a lot and their motor skills would have been very, very effective just because of the year we've all had. So even for the young ones, I was extremely cautious. So with adults, like (laughs) there is that because you've got to get up and go to work. Yeah, well, exactly that. Yeah. Um, and you know, we said earlier, it's kind of no second chances, are they? You could get a serious injury, and that's you done. So um, yeah, I think that's really important. Just kind of you know, in a mindset to getting back to it. It's very easy to be excited and hey, right, let's crack on a randori session. But I think yeah, I'll be, I'll certainly be mindful of that. Yeah, I'm, but, I've already said. Um, um, I already said when we get back, I'm going to start with the five-year-olds, and I'm going to work on those and just work my way up the age group. <laughs> That's a good plan. I might come and join you. But um, uh, yeah, again, I go back to Camden. You know, Luke is such a sensible, you know, coach, isn't he? I, I've I've seen him when you know people like myself start transitioning back into the sport. You know, he will he, he'll guide you through, a, you know, six or seven weeks, getting you back to a level of fitness where you can kind of go full on. He just does it naturally. He doesn't do it condescendingly, but, you know, put you with the lightweights for a period of time or, you know, just come out for two practices, then go and rest for two. And, you know, he does it in a really good way. Um, you know, without, yeah, it feels like he's holding your hand, doesn't it? Like it, he's just it, holding it, your hand it, through it, the session. He does. And he does it in a great way. And I, do you know what? That's what a good coach does, isn't it? He doesn't push people too hard. I've seen him doing it with, the, you know, lads coming back from injury as well. And it's brilliant. You know, that's, that's great. Um, got so much respect for him and what he does and you know as an outsider now looking in you know how he deals with you know different individuals mindsets and stuff like that you you just see the subtlety of it on a session just watching him and how he deals with things it's brilliant I love it Mm. yeah and so I guess what's next for you within judo are you just happy with pushing on with competing is there any part of you that wants to do any coaching you know what what do you feel is next yeah, I mean, it's a really, it's a, it's a really good question. I, I, I tell, I'm very mindful of wanting to kind of give back to the sport. You know, I, you know, spent you know, 18 years as I say, kind of having nothing to do with it. And you know, I'm very genuine in when I say I, I, I genuinely believe I will be doing judo for the rest of my life now. I, I mm. believe that because um, I love it. I've, I've fallen in love with it again. Um, and you know, I guess part of judo is is you know, and the mindset of judo is that, you know, you've got to be able to then contribute, haven't you, to, to, to the judo world. So I'm mindful of that. And I don't know what that is yet, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, whether it's just sort of supporting some of the athletes in a way that I can, you know, some of the elite athletes. I, 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 I like the idea of, of just being able to help them out occasionally um, on things. Um, coaching, I mean, I was a, I was a coach. Um, and I, I guess at some point that would be a natural progression to maybe kind of, you know, revalidate and do a bit of that. But I don't think I'll be brilliant at it if I'm really honest with you, Vince. I'm not, you know, I'm just, you know, I know what my strengths are and what weaknesses are. Um, what makes you say that? I've got an element of selfishness in me. <laughs> I think everybody does. Um you know, I, I, I don't think coaching is probably the most positive way of, of, of me giving back to the sport. Mm. Um, but I think there's loads of other ways, just being part of the community of your club, um, you know, I, I think goes a long way. You know, just assisting the club with things. I did this, there's so many other things that you can be doing. Um, that just... Do you think you'd be a good social secretary organising the, the, the meetups <laughs> and the drinks? That'd be a recipe for disaster, Vince. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's probably the worst thing that Camry Judo Cup could ever do is make me social secretary. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there'll be something. There'll be something along the lines there that I can help with. Um, and I don't know exactly what that is yet. But yeah, co- contributing back to judo in general and your club, I think, is really important. Um, and and that, will, that will happen naturally at some point. I don't know what it is yet. Um, but if I can 
continue being involved in judo for the rest of my life, there's got to be something else that's got to come along at some point. Yeah, and that's so nice to hear, isn't it? After, especially after your 18 years off, you know, where you're not even considering judo and come back and fall in love with it. And I think there's going to be loads of people, loads of clubs, there's going to be loads of people that would have been involved in judo and just took that step away. And, you know, that's uh, our friend Tony, that, that was his yeah. involvement. He had a long period off and then we got him back on the mat as well. I think there's so many people that kind of still have that mindset in their mind, you know, what if, and 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 and, and my advice would be, you know, if you, if you have got that seed and you're listening to this and you fancy having to go, get your ass down to your local club because you won't regret it. You just won't. It's the best thing mm. you did. Um, you'll have a great laugh. Um, and, you know, if you are of an age where you're in that kind of master's ill, you know, don't, I guess the first thing is don't try and compare it to anything you did when you were a younger lad or if you're, you know, competitive judo player. It's just different. It just is, and you're halfway in life. So don't try and compare, but get involved in it. Train hard, get involved in some competitions, and I, I guarantee you, 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 you'll find, you'll rekindle some friendships, make some new friendships, and, and have a giggle along the way. Absolutely. Well, I think on that very positive message, I think uh, I think that's a great time to wrap up. Sorry, especially as you've taken your lunch break to, to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, so. what am I going to do? Gonna starve. Yeah. <laughs> I see you're going to starve today. No, yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time, Simon, to to have a chat. I've loved it. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I hope I hope that proves of interest to somebody. I've I, I no idea if it does or not, but. Um... Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be loads of people that are going to comment on the fact that you said soccer right at the beginning. So yes. if nothing else, that's the best thing. Yeah, well, you, you did say you were going to edit that bit, though, didn't you? No chance. <laughs> <laughs> right, great. Thanks, Simon. Nice one, Vince. Appreciate that. So we are the end of episode 18 and a big thank you to Simon I really appreciate your time and he did he was actually in his office working away and uh, scheduled some time in for me and it's, it does interest me the the master scene and I think he done an excellent job of talking about just just the community side of it as well and doing judo for the enjoyment of judo but also the the community side around it and I think we we too easily forget that and I hope the audio in in that section were, was good enough um I'm recording somewhere slightly different and I know Simon's audio went a little bit patchy at a couple of points but I think you know I think hopefully you guys thought it was okay and you enjoyed it so there's a few things, um, there was a few, I didn't do any questions last week, so I want to go over some questions from this week, and there's, um, actually Twitter seems to be the best place for questions at the moment, and I'm just going to read through, uh, there's a couple of questions, and most of them are on the same sort of thing, so this one here from Imperial Judo Club, many decisions have created debate on social media during the Judo Worlds contest, do you think the current rules that we see at the top level still expose too many grey areas? Some people believe there is inconsistency in decisions. Um, well, I think I think the nature of judo, there's always going to be grey areas, okay? Because it's not it's not a straight line race where you 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 press you you start you stop, and there's always going to be open to interpretations. And actually, I I wrote a blog about this. Um, on my, on my website called Have You Considered the Person in the Middle? And to save you guys going to read it, it basically talks about referees, as much as they, they read the rules, they're, they're looking at the same set of rules, they all have their own reality. They only all bring their own unique experience to it. And if we go globally, like a Japanese referee there will be a bias towards Japanese judo. I'm not saying he's going to be biased towards the Japanese. I'm talking about the way they think judo should be done. So two hands on, stood upright, uh, attacking judo. Whereas somebody from, I don't know, uh, I can't think of a good country now, but say 
uh, a Mongolian referee, for example, they might have a bias for actually engaging a lot more, closing that distance down, uh, not really fussed where they grip as long as they get holds and they just try and throw, compared to possibly like an Italian style where they're or a German style where they're much happier to, to focus on the grip breaking and, and creating movement and, and not so much worried about uh, two hands on and engaging in a traditional way so I don't think there's necessarily grey areas I just think the the rules are always open to interpretation and that is I think the key and I think no matter how we do it is and that's part of the coaching as well and uh, as I sort of explained in there it, a simple example is say you're in golden score and as a coach you see the other player in your mind they're doing judo and they're doing it they've done three drop techniques in a row they've not really unsettled or created any movement and they've not been disqualified well or, or penalized even in that instance if they've done three attacks and they've not been penalized the, the next logical thought is the penalty is going to go the other way because that person hasn't attacked so as a coach, you then have to realise, well, actually, the, re the way the referee is interpreting this fight might be completely different to you, and that is part of mat side coaching, not just reading what's happening on the mat, reading how the referee is interpreting the contest, because that's just as important as your thoughts, your belief, maybe more so, because you can't, <laughs> you know, the same result is always going to be there. Um, so, yeah, so with, in regards to that, and that as that sort of question... Um, has been asked quite a lot really and I think that's always going to be the nature of judo and don't ever get caught up on it and what I would say is start reading the referees start trying to interpret it because they can see it one way or the other you know so yeah I hope hope that does answer your your uh, question and also I've got another question here um, what trends did you note at the Worlds in terms of techniques and also could you discuss inconsistencies of quick penalty calls on some days? Uh, I, I think it all comes in with it. When it comes down to penalties, it all comes down to interpretation. And I'm sure, and I'd be more than happy to get a referee on here, if there's any referees want to come on and talk about, um, actually talk about what happens on competition day, but I would imagine there's some sort of brief saying we've been too lax on this or we've not been hard enough on this, you know, and and it's brought to the forefront of the referee's mind and they start looking out for that in contest. But I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on that and I'd be more than happy to uh, talk to somebody about that. Um, but also, yeah, tell me if that's not the case as well. So, um yeah, I, I think that I'm just going to go through. I've got on the feed a couple. Um, oh, going back actually to did I see any trends? Well, first of all, I didn't actually watch that much of the world, not as much as I would have liked. And I think, I, I, to be honest, I don't really pay much attention to the techniques being used um, when I'm watching it because they, they aren't like sometimes it's like seasonal I find not seasons as in the weather but I find sometimes with the techniques some are just in fashion and some aren't but generally if you look at the core of how they're executed or what leads before that the important parts they generally follow the same sort of routines and the same sort of patterns so yeah I guess that's where that's where I would be on that um, and I think that's I'm really sorry for those who are listening because I am just quickly scrolling through my phone um, just to make sure that I'm not missing any any questions from anyone. No, I think I've pretty much gone through those. So yeah, so apologies for that bit of podcast boredom there. Actually, I have got, uh, I've actually got a question on Instagram from Winston Gordon actually. So why is there not enough ethnic coaches in the UK set up from grassroots upwards? Yeah, good question. Uh, and I don't, I don't actually know if, well, I'm definitely not the right person to know the answer to that. I wish I did. I wish I did know an answer. Um, I'd definitely be more than happy to talk to you about it and I'd be more than happy to talk to others about it. I think it's really... It's tricky, isn't it? Because there, there's so many factors that could be. I, 
I don't know. Like when I when I was a kid, one of the biggest clubs in the country was Wolston Judo Club, and you know the children there that were my friends all come from many different ethnic backgrounds and the only person still involved in judo is actually Ashley McKenzie who's uh, still a competitor but why why did none of those go into coaching is it their relationship do they not do they not look at other coaches and see themselves being able to do that job is there not enough money in it is is there pressure in their communities to go to university and get a proper job i i i really wish i knew an answer to that i i i i don't it is the honest answer and i would be more than happy to to have people like yourself fitz um basil any judo coaches that want to come on and talk about it and talk about possible issues that you see yeah, I'd be more than happy to, to bring him up on the podcast. And I think it would actually be uh, an amazing podcast to have, really. Um, yeah, let me know. I'm more than happy to get you guys on, talk about it. I think it's difficult for me. Like, I'm, I'm not from I'm not from that background. I, don't, I just don't know. And that's most probably a naivety on my part and most probably a reason for the discussion. So, yeah, so please please message me we'll sort out uh getting you on the podcast talk about your ideas and yeah please let, let's sort something out um a couple of little things to finish on um next week uh so for next friday um my guest is going to be robert erickson and robert erickson is swedish coach he's come back from the world sweden's just had a great great world championships for them especially with the men's I'm really excited to talk to him about judo, about what's happening in Sweden. But have you guys got any questions as well? I've already picked up a couple on Instagram. Uh, what would you like to know about Sweden's judo? How have they just got medals at the World Championships with the men? Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm recording that hopefully on Monday. So get your questions in nice and quick uh, for that. You can do that on social media or just contact me, Vince at vinceskillcorn.co.uk for that as well. There's a few people who have sent me messages, emails and stuff. I'm really sorry I've not got back to you yet. I'm in my process of working my way through that. Uh, it's just, yeah, busy as always. Um, also, we have competitions starting to get confirmed. So there is the C2 International, which is the 2nd and 3rd of October, minors and juniors. And, you know, if you want me to give a shout out to your competition or whatever, just send me a message. I'm more than happy to do so and promote some judo. I think it's about time we start promoting some, some good judo. And I hope you guys get booked onto that. And, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it for this week I, I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast i hope we're still you know knocking on the right doors and making sure it's a bit different not the same thing each week and please please just send me recommendations and sometimes uh so example somebody sent me a link to speak to somebody uh, regarding kata now I'm reached out on facebook messenger because that's how uh, it was sent to me uh, no reply Sometimes in Messenger, it's like you got a message request from somebody who's not your friend. If you want me to interview somebody, try and give me an introduction, a CC in on an email, just so there's a way of us communicating. Um, there's still people that I'm trying to get on the podcast, but it's just logistics of working out. So yeah, so don't be afraid to do that. And I'm looking forward to speaking to more people on the podcast and hearing from you guys. So I hope you all have a great time on the mats doing your judo fingers crossed you adults will be there soon as well so have a great weekend and i'll speak to you all soon